Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now it's time for the Scores Bears post game show with Mully from the Mully and Haw Show and former Bears long snapping Iron Man Patrick Manley on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, always live on the free Odyssey app. Well, 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 I don't know, Patrick. That was about as discouraging and uh, troubling and shameful loss as I've seen since maybe the Tressman era. That mm-hmm. was That's your ninth straight loss, and that's a new team record. Um, still got a shot at 10 in a row, but um, goodness <laughs> gracious. a good gracious. shot at it after that. That was Holy just, Mully, cow. that was embarrassing is what it, it is. Embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be in that yeah. locker room, and I guarantee you a lot of those guys are going to say that word, that they're embarrassed how they played. I mean, the Detroit Lions were 32nd-ranked defense, 32nd scoring defense, 32nd total defense. You put up 10 points. I mean, it's just, you know, you have 30 yards passing or whatever it was. It was, uh, yeah, 30 total yards passing. Um, start the second half with four straight three and outs against that defense. It's just, it's, it's sad. It's really sad and embarrassing, and, you know, I built it up, and I was just kind of a believer that they could beat this team. I thought they would compete a lot better with this team and being Detroit, but that just was downright embarrassing. I mean, the O line, both lines got got pummeled, giving up seven sacks. I think the Detroit Lions, I looked it up, were twenty seventh in the league in total sacks defensively, and give it. And the Bears give up seven today to them. You know, I, I wasn't really worried about their pass rush, but obviously you were today. The receivers weren't getting open. Um, they weren't opening up holes in the run game. Uh, obviously, Justin Fields had a hundred and whatever yards rushing, but that's you know. Two big runs, and it, it just it was embarrassing is what it was. And, uh, you know, you mentioned 41-10. to 10. They led the game 10-7 to 7 at one point, if you can believe that. Oh, yeah, that. remember that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they actually scored on their opening drive, and, uh, and I guess they've done that, what, 12, 13 times this year, so that's mm-hmm. pretty good. It's just the rest of the game that becomes troublesome, right? It, it was awful. Braxton Jones, you know, we talked about Braxton oh, Jones. Oh, my of, God. You know, is he going to be the, the left tackle of the future? And he's oh. had a pretty good year. He's And I said he had a nice year as a fifth-round draft pick, but then it just it reared its ugly head today. I mean, it was embarrassing. I listened to Thayer and Joniak talking, and there were a couple times Braxton Jones was on his back, and it was just him getting bull rushed right on his back, just pushed on his back, not tripping he, on anybody, just getting – Pushed on his back, and Tom was a little upset about that. He he sacked Justin Fields. Yes, he was he run over mm-hmm. and fell upon Justin Fields, and that was one of those seven sacks. And, uh, I mean, goodness gracious, that was – you feared for his health. I mean, not just because he's mm-hmm. on the sideline stretching and looking at his device, but, you know, obviously they put him in the tent at one point because they wanted to check concussion protocol – but he just took way too many hits. He was getting sacked all over the place. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. What did they have, 30 yards of uh, uh, passing? 30 and total that, passing yards. 30 passing net passing yes. yards. And that is 
the like twenty eighth was it passing uh, yes. defense? Yes. Yeah. What? How in the name of God? It was just. It was an embarrassment. That's, That's the word. It was. You're it absolutely was. It was right. embarrassing. And it looked to me, too, yeah. obviously the O-line played terrible, but the times they did have kind of max protection, nobody was open. Justin no. Fields is holding on to the ball. I mean, that's. I think when you only get 30 total yards, that's on everybody, right? That's just not oh, one, yeah. one no. position. That's on everybody. And it was. It was embarrassment. And, um, yeah, it just stinks. Ten, you know, nine losses in a row. Unbelievable. So, you know, they, they stay at number two for the draft pick. Um I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's, I mean, I guess that's a, the good thing, but I hate losing like this. <laughs> that was well, just, that, that's it was what I'm sickening. saying. It, it was, was really not sickening. competitive. Yes. It, no. it just simply wasn't competitive, and they didn't belong on the field with that team. And we had talked before about this idea of a big moment. You know, this is a playoff type atmosphere. Well, guess what? They wilted in the face of that. They did not. They could not hold up. It no. was just absolutely yeah, it, awful. Yeah, we you know we patted them on the back for the effort they'd been giving. Yep. But they deserve all the criticism in the world after that. That was just, you know, they were that what they averaged like eight point eight yards per play halfway through the third quarter or something like that. I looked up or eight point nine. I mean, that's just that's you know, it's a first down every time you touch the ball. Basically, that's just that's an embarrassment uh, of of that defense. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the Lions are at five hundred, so that's the takeaway. I don't know if there is a takeaway from the Bears other than the fact that. Um, you know, the, the Lions couldn't contain Justin Fields until they figured out how to do it, and that was because they managed to be better pretty much at every position on the field, frankly. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm troubled to try to find someone that I thought had a good game. It, no. It's hard to look at it that way. I, I don't think anybody. Cole Komet had a drop. Dante Pettis had a drop again. Yep. Um, he just had everything to, to, to make it 41-10. Every, everything was going bad. Nobody – Bayless Jones had a nice return. How about that? We'll give him that. He had a nice, nice – Bayless Jones actually had an okay game. I'll give him that. That's probably the one player that, that, that played okay. And I just – one thing that is driving me crazy is Coach Hightower not allowing him to just bring it out, whoever's making that decision. It should be five yards deep. If it's five yards deep in, in the end zone, you should be able to bring it out. I just – with this offense struggling the way it was, give him the opportunity to return the ball. Um, they did the one at the half, and he got the 63-yard return, but I felt like – give him more of an opportunity to return the ball. That that can help the offense potentially. Yeah, it was just a very um, – it was a depressing performance all the way around. There just wasn't a lot there. You know, I, I, I understand the offensive line. You know, we've talked about the problems they've had uh, in terms of weaponry all year. And the offensive line, you lose two guards in the course of that game. You know, you lose uh, Tevin Jenkins fairly early – and Michael Schofield ends up going out as well. But, I mean, the guys that you had there, you know, we've talked about the the entire um, uh, uh, Jones argument, Braxton Jones argument has been that they have been helping him because he's in such a difficult position. So they've had to chip, use the tight end, use the running back, do anything they could to give him a little bit of aid. And, unfortunately, they couldn't do that after losing a couple more linemen. Right. And, and, you know, we all know he struggled with, with bull rushes all year long. I don't even know if an offseason in the in the weight room is going to solve that problem. That He, I, I'm he was you. just outmanned. I'm with you. I just don't know how a guy can take one offseason and get that much stronger where he really needs to get to. And that's why maybe I'm glad this kind of game showed up because it shows Ryan Poles that that's still a big hole. That's something else you have to fill that's not filled right now. And I'm with you. I don't think one offseason he can get that much stronger I hope he can. Maybe he can. Maybe yeah. he's that weak. Maybe it's something that he's just can develop that quickly. I don't know, but I think it shows Ryan Poles that there's another hole there. 
Man, I mean, this is just uh, this is just a sad day for the Chicago Bears. I mean, again, uh, there's not a heck of a lot that you can say about this game. It, I think it was, um, I think it was just a, a really difficult um, reality that they are not a good team. Mm-hmm. They have been beaten up. They've lost guys throughout the course of the year, and they've they've reached some sort of a tipping point where. You know, I thought they played pretty strong against the, the Eagles. You sure. know, we saw a surprise thrown at the Eagles, and the Eagles were clearly looking ahead to, to that uh, a Dallas game, and Dallas lost that week, and the Eagles uh, were challenged a bit by the Bears, but won. But last week, and now this thing? Yes. I, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just <laughs> think that the list of what you need – is growing ex- exponentially as the season has gone on. No doubt, no, no doubt. Yeah, I, and I don't want to pick on anyone who's not there, but we talked earlier uh, in the show, we talked about uh, how Jack Sanborn had, had come in and played well and, you know, built himself a chance to be back next year. You know, the problem is you've got to be available. You've got mm, yep. to be able to hold up all year long. So you look at how well they played and you wonder about sustainability. You can't help it when anyone goes out. So now you look at this secondary and how beaten up they are. And, and you know, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Some of the, the – I mean, you want to know what how I would describe Lions receivers? Wide open. Oh would be a term that would occur to me. Sure. It was seven on seven. It's that seven on seven drill where guys are wide open. There's no pass rush or anything like that. But the one player that kind of scares me a little bit is Tevin Jenkins. I think we were all worried about injuries and things like that. But how bad is his stinger in his neck and all that? Is this something that he can truly come back from? And that's that's a position you were hoping was being filled. That was one that you were saying, okay, this player right now, if he's available when he's in there, he's playing pretty well. But he's just not available. So that's another position that's going to be wide open if, if he can't get healthy. And, and, I mean, you just look at that, that offensive line. What do you have there? Who do you have that you want to be a starter next year? You may – you know, you get into free agency, you may be looking at, at pure offensive line free agency, sure. and then guess what? You might have to draft some too. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. That's just, it's just a hole everywhere. It's just unfortunate it's gotten this bad that, you know – we talked about the rebuild and kind of, you know, there's going to be holes, but now they're just glaring holes everywhere. So it's it's a couple years, two, three years away now. To me, after watching a game like that and seeing these guys not develop as much as we wanted. We started the, pre-se- this, this, the pregame show earlier talking about development of these young guys, and they really haven't done it. No, and, and I mean, um, I believe the, the defensive line did get a sack, right? Wasn't they, there a sack? They got two of them, but the one late, I don't count. I mean, you got the back, okay. backup quarterback in there, I don't count there. Dominic Robinson got one, yes. Yeah. So I'll give him credit for that, but that's so still that's not great. enough. Yeah, that's no, great. But I mean, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to find an upside. Well, I didn't no. feel like there was an upside at all. Nothing. I think. Maybe really good the, long snaps. There were really good long snaps. There were good long snaps. <laughs> it, it takes the specialized eye to notice. Yeah. Um, I would think that maybe the play caller uh, is pretty good with uh, when he puts his playbook together because they seem to be able to go down the field on the first possession quite often. That yeah, would be yeah. about. That would be my coaching point. I don't think anybody else did anything including the head coach that would make me say, oh, well, I understand why you were doing that, and that was good, and look look at the adjustment you made there. It, no, it's it was not there. It was bad all around. And I wanted to ask you, because I was thinking about it, I, I'm, I'm one that kept saying Justin Fields should play every play, right? Play every, you know, should right. not take him out. I, I was almost thinking in the middle of the third quarter, fourth quarter, just go ahead and just take him out. Just let him sit this one out. He could get some bad taste in his mouth. Everybody talks about getting injured, but 
just just maybe get him out. I would not have been opposed to a coaching decision of removing him from the game. Well, the second half, you got nothing out of the second half. I mean, literally nothing out of that. It, it was one of the worst halves of football I've I've ever seen from the Bears. And that's a, that's covering a lot of ground, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there was nothing in that. You know, it, I, I mean, it, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, it was touchdown, field goal, punt, punt, uh, fumble interception, and then – like it was three and out. To, yeah, to four three and outs to start the second half, hey. and they were not even like third and one. You know, it was yeah, it, it was, it wasn't it was third even, and ten, third and eight. Yeah. It was ugly. I mean, it was. I mean that that again, that word embarrassment that I use that that's embarrassing to go to start a half and have to have four three and outs total is embarrassing, but to do it right in a row and then let them just go down and score as it will is um, it's awful. I mean, it just showed you know the lack of talent really showed up, and the, and there was just no effort either today. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. That is the telephone number. We're going to get your reaction to the game. We'll talk about what you managed to see. Uh, I, I think um, here's the thing, Patrick. When when I look at that, uh, you know, we were hoping somehow uh, the Bears had lost to that team at home, and we were hoping somehow that the Lions were going to be the Lions, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The Bears were the Bears. The Bears were were the 2022 Bears, not the 2023 Bears, whatever that ends up being. But this was a remnant of sort. In, in retrospect, it seems to have been heading this way. And again, when you don't put together a competitive team and then the injuries come, as inevitably they do in the NFL – um, you, you're just you're. It's just a bunch of guys. You're yep. just lining guys up. And, it's like and a preseason game, second half preseason. Fe- preseason offense like. or defense yeah. out there, offensive line and receivers. Yeah. And the other thing, though, I got to give Detroit credit. They started one and six, correct? And seven and seven and two in their last nine games. That's impressive. Yes. Very yeah. impressive doing that. I got to give Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions organization uh, a lot of credit for that because that's hard to do. And I again, did the, are the are the Lions getting that good this late in the season, or did the Bears play that bad? Which what's the answer? I, you know, maybe a little bit of both. But right. um, if they can get in the playoffs, that's that looked like a good team. That Detroit Lions team looked pretty darn good. Yeah, um, I, I I guess the Lions looked pretty good. It was hard to tell because the Bears were literally doing nothing. nothing. I mean, they didn't do anything. I don't think there was any element of their. Their game that would scare you, I suppose, the the explosiveness of the quarterback. You know, he had like 100 yards rushing. It felt – I mean, it was close to 100 in the first uh, in the first quarter. Um, and I don't know um, how that ended up, but it, it didn't seem too no. – and, and, It didn't seem too good. No, and then where's Chase Claypool? Yeah, that's a good question. Where was he? He, I, he I, did play, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he was out there, but you, I don't know how much because it was hard to tell from the TV copy, but – if he is out there, why aren't you, you know, featuring him a little bit more? Or if guys are covered, just throw it to him. He's supposed to be that guy, right? That's always open. That's why you traded for him. Um, it's just, it's just really upsetting. There's just a lot of. It's all negative from that game. It's all negative. Uh, Fields finished with 132 yards rushing on 10 carries, and that puts him, I believe, uh, 63 yards away from the single season record, tying it. I believe so. It would be. Uh, uh, 60, 65 yards, let's say, just for the point of argument to set a new record. Um, you know, go ahead, get that, and then sure. sit the guy down. I mean, <laughs> get him whatever record you want to get him, or if he wants a record, whatever. But I don't know. 
You know, I'd be very curious to see all the results and how they work out, uh, but I don't know what to expect in terms of Minnesota, who they'll be playing or what they'll be doing. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, we have reached that point where now it is kind of about draft position, and that's fine. I, you know, go ahead, lose your 10 games, you know, feel good about it. Then, then it'll make for a better story when you talk about how you turned it around sure. and we'll, we'll try to forget that you were losing on purpose here. Yeah, this offseason is going to be a lot of Ryan Poles talk. And this, you got a lot of holes to fill. It'll be very entertaining and very interesting to talk about what to do. You know, do you how, how to deal with the draft picks if you do get the number one or number two or whatever you have. But yeah, this offseason for Ryan Poles is, is going to be huge. I'm looking forward to following it just for all what can happen. Right. But they've got a lot of work to do. It's just, it's really, really bad. And I'm interested also to hear what Justin Fields has to say after this game. Because he did not play well. You know, he's always been great at the podium after the game, right? He's always saying the right thing and... I just I'm interested to hear how he reacts after this game, and then what Matt Eberflus says says about his team and his team's effort today. I had a friend who uh, who texted me and asked me if uh, if the Bears wound up with the number one pick, would I believe they should use it on a quarterback and and contemplate whether or not they want Justin Fields in the future after the last two games? And I I told him I didn't think it was a fair assessment of how Fields had played or what he had done all year, and that. Uh, you know, I don't know what is on uh, Ryan Poles' mind. You know, whenever he's been asked about his plans uh, with uh, with picking up players, he always says, where did I come from, right? Mm-hmm. So he came from Kansas City. And, um, you know, I'd be curious to know. I know he has backed Justin Fields publicly, but I'd be curious to know how he really feels about everything that has happened of late. I'm with you as well. I mean, watching Bryce Young yesterday, that, that guy's pretty special as well. You know, he looks like a point guard out. They called him what a point guard out there distributing the football. But that would be a heck of a move for Ryan Poles to make if they had the number one pick and go ahead and take Bryce Young and, and get rid of Justin Fields or keep him. <laughs> try to try try like what, what the uh, uh, RG3 and Kirk Cousins together at, um, at Washington and then move on later on. I don't know. Who knows? But it's just, you know, it's maybe it's just talk. But that would be interesting to see what he's, he's really thinking about the quarterback position. All right, three, one, two, you know, but we, we'd have to wire him up, Patrick. We'd have to get, we'd have to really make sure we had him on the on the uh, lie detector. That's oh, on that true, one. that's true, that's very uh, true. But I'm sure he'd say the right things, but yeah. I'd be very curious to know in his heart how he felt. I don't know, do we have any of that? Do, is there any, uh, any chemical that can read a man's heart? Because that's what <laughs> I'd like to know. I'd like to sit him down and really know. I agree. Three, one, two. 644-6767. We're going to take a quick time out, and then we're going to get to your phone calls. Uh, do you have a complaint? Do you have Do you have a player that we're missing that had a good game? It was just uh, unfortunately hidden in, uh, somewhere in that mess of a, of a game. Uh, I'd be very curious to see what uh, – what people take, uh, what the takes are coming out of this game. It is uh, the post-game show on The Score. Patrick Manley is here, and we're going to get to your phone calls next here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place with linkedin you can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today we're back with more of the scores bears post game show with mully from the mully and haw show and former bears long snapping iron man patrick manley on sports radio 670 the score chicago's home for bears fans always live on the free odyssey app oh yes indeed it is the post game show and um you know, kind of a post-game disaster, frankly. It was a really bad game, and uh, I don't expect uh, great feedback, but we have opened up the phone lines, 312-644-6767, and we'll start with Chris. Chris is in Evanston. Hey, Chris, good morning, or good afternoon, excuse me. Hey, happy new year to you guys. Uh, I was hyped up, you know, thinking with division rivals, we're going to make it a game, maybe even possibly – pull off a win. Well, the uh, defense made sure that didn't happen. But as we've been talking about all year, it's all about the quarterback. It's all about QB1. I said it last week, and I'm going to build on it again this week. What do we have him out there for? We're down since the opening drive of the second half by three touchdowns. We refuse to pass the ball. If you look at his completions throughout the year, most of his big plays, they're broken, they're broken plays where the defense just blows the coverage. How are we going to develop this guy as a passer? I feel like if Matt Nagy was doing what these guys did the last two weeks, we'd have strung him up and ran him out of town. I was so hyped about this coaching staff. And they, the second half of the season, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. All I can think is, yeah, that's what they want. That's what Fields and this coaching staff want. They want to put it in the record book. Greatest Madden quarterback ever. Greatest fantasy quarterback ever. He broke the record. Most rush yards. We had no points today on a terrible defense. Great highlights. 
Love to see him run another 60-yarder, another 30-yarder. What did we get out of it? Will you show me the time in NFL history where this offense takes you to the playoffs and wins the championship? All right, Chris. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. This is the first time I think I've ever really agreed with Chris about Justin Fields and possibly <laughs> pulling him. Chris, I love your calls, man. I love your, your takes and thoughts and all that stuff. And I was, and that was I kind of agreed. With, I agree with him that I would not have had a problem if they pulled Justin Fields in the second half just because he couldn't protect him. You couldn't run anything. Right. I'm not saying you're getting bad habits, but you're not being able to do anything. You're not really improving yourself. You know, you're not really seeing the game the way you need to see it with that poor offensive line and the receivers not getting open. And um, yeah, so I, yeah, I just, I would not have been opposed with, with pulling them and we'll see what they do with them next week. If something like this happens, do you just continue and write out the, the game with them? I don't know, but I do want to say the one thing I've, I've thought about this during the break is the one positive or one good thing that I liked was that third and one call where they put Cole Komet in at quarterback and then had the pitch to Justin he Fields. He ran up. And he, that was yeah, pretty good. That was yeah, that was yeah. a nice design, uh, design play to, to get everybody in there thinking they're going to run that little tight end sneak again. That was pretty good. So that's, that's maybe the one bright spot of the game that I liked. And and that, I, I forget, was that the 60 or that the 30-yard that run? That was the 30-yard run. The 60 okay. was the scramble. And yeah. the 60, you just need one of those next week, and then you can get them out of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he basically needs 63, 64 yards or something to to set that new quarterback rushing record. Uh, Patrick, I was thinking about it at the break. What was worse? Was it the offense or the defense? I, I yes. mean, that's a terrible – you know, last week we you weren't really complaining because, hey, that is, uh, that's a pretty damn good defense you were going against. You can't say that now. No. No. So I mean, who was worse? They I, didn't tackle anybody. They didn't they didn't stop anything. They were both terrible. I mean, that's why okay. it's an embarrassing loss. I think yep. I think they're equally bad. I think it was okay. I said in the middle of the third quarter they're giving up 9 yards of play basically. And that's just that's unacceptable. That's embarrassingly bad. I mean, with as many times as they ran the ball as well, it's just uh yeah, they they both were just terrible. I mean, that's why it was 41 to 10. Let's try Steve. He's in Columbus. Hi Steve. Happy New Year, guys. How are you? Happy New Year, Steve. I hope you. I don't uh, know if it is a Happy New Year yet. I might start mine tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Not after yeah. this well, game. What a, well, what a way to start a uh, 2023. How about that, huh? Okay. Wow. My goodness. I tell you, nothing went right for t- uh, for the Bears today. Offense, defense, and I would have to even put the coaching staff on blast if it's necessary. Um, I know the uh, the proverbial honeymoon period is all coming to an end the day after, you know, the Vikings game. But uh, I got to be honest, uh, I was not happy with Iberflu's decision to put Justin Fields out there, continue to get punishments, and then being run around uh, throughout the entire game. I don't know what was the the purpose of of putting him out there. Um, uh, That's number one. And then there was a report, I think there was a tweet by Kevin Fishbane, showing that uh, Claypool being angry and slamming his helmet uh, in one of the one of the offensive series where I don't think he was given a much uh, passes being thrown to. And, and, and this is kind of like what I re- repeated from last week about whether um, Eva Flues and Ryan Poles are even on the same page and needs to be on the same page in terms of what personnel they need to address. Because – as weeks go by, the list just keeps on getting longer and longer, and we just saw how bad you know Braxton Jones played today. And I'm not even sure if he's a, a NFL caliber left tackle, even with after oh. one off season. 
Yeah. So no, I I don't think a, he's an NFL caliber left tackle. No, you, I, I don't. You need a lockdown tackle, whether it's yeah. right or left, yeah. and he's not that. And I just I believe in that. I just think that's something that needs to be done. You see the defensive line not stopping the run. I mean, I, you've got to build this thing inside out. I've said that yes. on you know, numerous shows here, and I say it all the time. I'm I'm a firm believer in shoring up the D line and O line first over a wide receiver. Um, and Steve, I I uh, I don't know how bad things got in Columbus, but that was that must be a pretty good uh, two-game whammy for you, uh, knowing that uh, that you're in Columbus, Ohio, and then you uh, see what happened last night Go to dogs. them, and then you watch the uh, the Bears lose, and it, obviously this was significantly worse, but I don't know, you know, Ohio State had a pretty good, uh, I know go dogs, but they had a pretty good lead there. <laughs> they the did, end. they what did. Gonna that was a shocking, I, I was shocked, because I was actually yeah. at a, I was didn't get to watch the whole game, and I just kept checking my phone, I couldn't believe that they had the lead they had on Georgia, and then I got home and was able to watch the end. I, I was at the Bulls game, mm-hmm. and there was a guy sitting next to me who had the, uh, the Ohio State game on his phone. Oh. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Perfect. <laughs> Watching the game while he's at the game. Uh, all right, let's try. Uh, Jim is in Henderson, Nevada. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. Uh, I listen to your program every day. I was born in Chicago, and I was injected with Bears – Cubs and Blackhawks uh, stuff when I was born at Lutheran Deaconess Hospital. And, but I've lived in Southern Nevada since I was 11 years old and I'm 66 now. So it's a long time, but in any case, I watched the game today and the game between the Detroit lions and the Chicago taxi squad. (laughs) That's pretty much what it is. Uh, I mean, that's what I saw. I mean, I'm looking at these guys, and who are these people? They're, I don't even recognize the names on the back of the jerseys. I mean, I watch the games every week. I have access to, like, going to local places here where they have the package on and all that stuff. But, I mean, uh, here's the deal. <clears throat> I'm worried about Justin Fields being – the next Chuck Hughes. If you know who Chuck Hughes is, please raise your hand. I've got to go to the Google machine. He's the only guy that ever died during an NFL game. Was he a Detroit Lion? He was a Detroit Lion, and they were playing the Bears at Tiger Stadium, which is when they played. It was 1971. I'm worried about this guy. He has nobody to throw to. He has nobody to block. Every time he touches the ball, he he gets a, a horrible lick. I mean, it's it's crazy. Put Nathan Peterman in there and let him take these big shots. And 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 wait for you know somebody needs to clean house and and get some blocking and. Nobody can tackle on defense. Nobody can cover on defense. Is this an NFL team or is this the taxi squad? It is. It's a practice squad is what it it. is. Yeah, it's not very good. And and, and I agree with you, Jim, that late in the game, the way Justin Fields was getting hit, I would not be opposed to them making the decision of pulling him out. And I'm one who says, no, get as many reps as you can. But just the way that game was going, one his health, one his way, just, you know, nobody's blocking. He can't see the game the way he needs to see the game. The execution's terrible. That wouldn't have been opposed to taking him out of the game. Before the game, about that, yeah, have him play, have him play. But no, I think you're risking his life. 
Well, thanks, Jim. Really? Well, everybody out there is risking their life, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that is that's dark. Yeah. Um, I did think to myself as I was watching that game and watching the abuse he was taking and watching um, Braxton Jones just get get uh, Houston was just running over him, and you know we know he has admitted the coach has admitted that he struggles with uh, bull rushes. Well, good God, I mean you you saw that one. I mean, play that tape, and that answers that question. Um, but I thought to myself, during the week, Luke Getze said that, you know, that he was asked about staying with Fields and playing him despite everything that is uh, going wrong around him. And he said that he believed that every experience, there was something to learn from every experience a quarterback has, that you you learn from literally everything that you're doing on the field and all the situations you put yourself in, this is going to help you moving forward. But I did wonder at a point in the second half there, what is he learning from this? Yes. What? what it got a little I mean, out of control. It got out of control. Yes. That is exactly right. Yeah, and so I, I, I agree with Getsy saying you learn from everything. Yeah, he's going to learn from that, but – what exactly is he – how much is he learning from that? Because it really got yeah. out of control. He's not seeing the defense and being able to read the defense and process information from the pocket. Maldivo was so bad, there was two holding calls on both tackles oh in one God. play. In Same one play. play. Like that's, yeah. That sums up how bad yeah. they were. And they declined them both. <laughs> I mean, good God. Because <sighs> it was like a 17-yard loss on a sack or something. 12-yard yeah. loss. Yeah. And there was one yeah. late. I think it was Riley Reef got one, another one. Where he's on his knees, like holding the guy from behind him, so Justin Fields just wouldn't get crushed. So he's took the holding call just to kind of for the safety of Justin, and that's just how bad it got. So that's why I mean it got out of control. That's when you just say, okay, just just get him out of there. I mean, when I we've talked about it before, I saw it with the New York Giants with Jay Cutler. We had a bunch of backups in there at O line. They had oh. that fierce pass rush, and it just wasn't. And it was partly safety for Jay for that game, just so we could have him for the rest of the year. Fields came at one point, he came out of the pocket and he eluded a guy or two and he's running and looking down the field and it, and I think it was Hutchinson came from, mm-hmm. it wasn't Hutchinson. One oh, the of other them, guy and then Hutchinson got the fumble, yes. Yeah, yeah, that was it. They came from behind and you're like, oh no, like he is about to get crunched here and that's that's the one where they looked at, uh, at the concussion because he got sandwiched mm-hmm. on that play. But they, I think it was Jonathan Vilma. That was he was like, oh, he's got to feel that. He's got to sense that coming. It's he. He probably feels that twenty four seven. He probably goes home and he's sitting on the couch right, feeling right. it. You I, know? I, I do give him credit for trying to as much as he can in those situations, but he does need to feel that a little bit. That your internal clock. So that's a learning experience. You've got to understand when it's going that's like that. Just yeah. get rid of it. Just just yeah. get rid of it. You can't do everything. I give him credit for trying. You know, he's been great on the scrambles with a 60-yard run, but you can't do it all the time, especially at this level. Let's try Josh. Josh is in Plainfield. Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. Listen, uh, first of all, Mally, uh, that third down play, all back command, come on, who are you crapping? Who cares about that? The Bears suck. <laughs> Justin Fields sucks. I was come just trying to find it something positive. It was fun, Justin, though. No, I want, come on, man. Come on. That was an awesome play. Justin Fields can't throw. Okay, yeah, he could run. He's a runner. Great. What does that do? You're still not winning games. Now, my problem is this, and this is what I want to hear from you guys. Next year, we got picks and all that. If we suck the first five games again, then what? How long do are we going to have to – come on. We're bears. How long are we going to have to put up with this crap? That's all I'm saying. I can't take it anymore. I, I love the passion, but the Lions started at 1-6 and six too this year, and now they're 8-8. Come on. 
Bambi, were- you already <laughs> you already had your moment with that third down play. Woo-hoo! Okay, Let's be I'm trying to bring here, some positivity to this to this embarrassment <laughs> embarrassment of a game. I want to know. I really want to know what the hell is going to happen next year if we're 0 and five to start the season. We can't go through it another season. We're, I can't. I, I love can't your passion. I hear you. I'm yeah. with you. I don't want it Thanks, either. Josh. But I still think Thank it's going to be that way. Uh, it's going to be a little bit like the Lions. It might not be one and six, but they're still going to have to grow because they're going to have so many young guys, new guys, but they're going to have a, a whole slew of new young guys. They're just going to have to grow. And these guys still have to grow as well that are here. Brisker, Gordon, uh, maybe not Cole. Well, Cole Komet can still grow a little bit. You know, th- These young guys got to still grow. I think we're going to have a lot of growing pains. And I, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to say the word patience again next year. But I'm hoping, yeah. and I was hoping this year, that at the end of this year, it would develop into wins. Some of this talent would develop into wins. Unfortunately, we've got some injuries and things like that. But I still think we're going to have to have a lot of patience next year. And I, I appreciate your, your passion there, oh, Josh. But um, it's, it's, i, I got to bring a little bit of positivity, man. It's a new year. I can't go into this year feeling like I do after this game for the rest of the day and tomorrow and the rest of the week. I can't do it. I just changed my mind. I was angry coming into this. I'm, I'm going to change my mind. Bring some look at you. That's positive, the way to positivity go. Positivity in the air. Uh, so let's say, let's say Josh is right, and they go like they lose next week. So that's the ten game losing streak you're hoping for to get the draft pick, and then, then you open next year, and despite the hundred and ten million you had to spend and the draft picks and the rest of it, oh. you um, let's say you lose the first seven games, then you've lost seventeen in a row which would put you uh, in a pretty unique – yeah, that would put you in a very unique situation. Oh, and 16, right? If the the Lions did that, it would be a record. That would be amazing. I don't want to see that, but uh, (laughs) it's a possibility with the way it's going right now, and if Poles doesn't do his job well enough in the (laughs) offseason. If that happens, though, will everybody be cheering for 0-17 in order to get a high draft pick? When does that end? Just out of curiosity. It ends next Sunday. Okay. (laughs) It has to end next Sunday. All right. All right, we're going to compartmentalize the losing. I like it. Yep. There we go. All right, 312-644-6767. We've got a lot of people lined up. We're going to get to all your calls. It is the post-game show, and we are trying to find some positives here on Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. As Fields oh is spun around, it's Houston again. That's his third sack today. We're back with more of the Scores Bears postgame show with Mully from the Mully and Haw Show and former Bears long-snapping Ironman Patrick Manley on Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, always live on the free Odyssey app. Happy New Year, everybody, and uh, it is the the postgame show, and Patrick, that that call from uh, from Josh has turned my day around. I, I was, I was, you know, you lose life momentum when you're sitting watching that and you say to yourself, "How did I end up here? What am I doing with my right. life?" And uh, and it really helped put things in perspective. And you you turned on a dime. You suddenly decided to get positive. I did. I did. You know, I, we started. You just said Happy New Year. I wasn't having a Happy New Year yet. I woke up this morning feeling positive, and then it just went all negative. I can't be negative anymore. I, I, right. I, you know, I'm not on that team. I'm not the one that got embarrassed out there. So I'm turning it into a little bit of a positive thought here. And what I'm thinking, too, is how fun this offseason is going to be. We had a texter on the text line that said, big picture, what, do you, what makes you think that the GM can handle all this? I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. None of us know. I think that's what's so exciting about this offseason. And I'm going to speak the positive, you know, positivity into existence that he's going to get it done. I'm hoping he does. But we really don't know. And if he misses on this offseason, that sets him back another another year. Could set him back a couple two years. I mean, it's that makes George McCaskey look and Ted Ted Phillips look bad of hiring another bad GM. But I'm hoping they can get it done. I'm hoping he and Cunningham can get it done. Um, I, I would like to point out that uh on the pregame show you accused me of not being on board <laughs> with the guy. <laughs> and did we just and it's one thing for Mully not to believe <laughs> But if Patrick Manley, Bears Iron Man, doesn't believe in this uh, new general manager, now we got a headline. Um, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. We have we have nothing laid out to prove to us that this is going to work. We have a lot of belief. We have a lot of people that want it to work. We got a lot that you you hope will work. But listen, you know, Chase Claypool's unhappy. I would imagine every Bear fan who's thinking about. Maybe they wind up with the first pick in the draft. And by the way, the the, the uh, first pick in the draft means the first pick in every round. So that means you traded the first pick in the second round. Oh, and by the way, there were only 31 first-round mm-hmm. picks because one team has given up their pick. You basically gave up a first-round pick for him? So I think that would cause a lot of questioning, and that would cause a lot of uh, of kind of bewilderment among the, the true believer and uh, – I think we're all hopeful, and I think you're absolutely right. This offseason is crucial to prove that they are going to try to win and do the things that we've talked about. Get get a defensive front. Get a front seven. Mm-hmm. Get a yep. offensive line. Get weaponry. 
get improvement to this team so that the coaches have a chance. You know, we we get to the end of this season, and you're absolutely right. You said earlier that that uh, after next week it becomes the general manager's – the season shifts and, mm-hmm. and the focus shifts. But when we get complaints about the coaches and the coaching staff, the, the backup has always been, well, you know, what were they supposed to do? How were they supposed to do? I want to know if they're good coaches because right. I want to see a football team here. And and I don't want to give away an excuse of, well, they don't have any players. How could they possibly do well? And I, I believe that's legit. I am trying very hard not to be harsh with the coaching staff because I think that would be very unfair given the the resources that they have. But I want to get to a point where I can start evaluating who I believe is good, who isn't good. And, and we've talked about this before. Every coach hired has to hire guys to fill out his staff. Sometimes they're all good guys. Sometimes there's someone that he had an eye on that he might. So there could be changes to sure. the coaching staff. Sure. That, you never know what's going to happen. Sure. And, I, you know, I, I asked Dan Pompey on the pre, uh, pregame show about how would you evaluate Luke Getze and then Allen Williams? Allen Williams is an incomplete because he just has no talent. I mean, he has nobody there to get after the passer to really run that defense to his style and their makeup. Luke Getze, I evaluate him. I think he's done a decent job with the development of Justin Fields. We've seen growth in him. Could he be better? I'm sure. But again, like you said, they don't have the talent around him. But from what I've seen, when you put on the All-22 and you watch Justin Fields process information as a quarterback, he seems like he has grown. But poor Allen Williams, he just has nothing to work with. And I just can't evaluate him. And then, like you said about coaches, there's going to be changes. There always is after that first year because that coach is filling up their roster with whoever's available. Well, then there's going to be other coaches fired and their buddy or whoever their guy that's a better fit for the systems that they're running, they can bring them in. And that just, it's a year two is always an upgrade for the coaching staff as well, which can help the team. Rich is in Country Club Hills. Hey, Rich. Afternoon, fellas. Uh, I'm 80 years old. I go back, Harlem Hill, Rick Caceres. Wow. If that'll tell you how much yeah. I followed the Bears. I've been following them all this time. I I can remember the one in 1310. A uh, team that lost Terry Bradshaw on a coin flip wouldn't have mattered if they had got him. But anyway, I I wanted the the draft defense at first, but after and I uh, and the guy Jim who called in, I almost hung up because he said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> I wanted them to draft defense at first, but this who is the, what you know about this kid at Northwestern. Who hasn't given up but one sack in, right. in four years? Yeah, he, that's he's who a, I want. That's an offensive want. tackle, yeah, and he's uh, a local guy, right? At least playing at Northwestern for sure. Um, he, he, I can't remember his name. Um, he's a really good player, yeah. and but that would be the deal of being able to trade down to get him because I don't think you were going to take him at the number two or number one spot or number right. three or wherever the end. That to me is why I would trade down with the picks. Acquire as many as you can. Get guys like him that have that ability, but aren't aren't the one through five guy. But you need so much help with this team. Go ahead and trade down and just gather as many bodies as you can and throw it at all the problems and see who fits and, and works out. Uh, uh, Pete Skaronsky, right? Isn't yeah. he the? Yeah, he, he's the left tackle there. Um, yeah, I, I mean he would definitely be someone interested in, uh, in looking at. And, that would be uh, a great Chicago Bear name. Oh, how about it, man? <laughs> Yeah, Coach. I would like that. Yeah, yeah no question. Uh, let's try Pete. He's in San Francisco. Hey, Pete. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking your my call. I listen to you guys religiously. 
um, I have a comment and a question. Uh, so one thing I've seen and also heard listening to 670 score is the conservatism of the head coach. And my question is, are you concerned about that conservatism going into next year? So even if he ha- he has bad players this year, he has better players next year, he's still going to be conservative. And so then I asked the, the question, you know, if you, if you have bad players, you really have nothing to lose. So why not be more risk averse right now? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. But my head question is, this conservatism is going to go next year. Maybe we're losing games, just like the other caller who says that we lose seven in a row because of conservatism. He just doesn't want to bet the bank. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't know that I know much about uh, this head coach. Yeah, exactly. It's really difficult to make a determination. I mean, I, I know the hits principle. Uh, I understand that. But I, you know, we're projecting a lot. I, I don't know if he's if, – if he, you know, you talk about defensive guys and they can be mm-hmm. conservative. I don't think I know enough about him. Um, I don't know what he's like as a coach when he has talent, frankly. That's a great point. I think we had one situation with the punt and pin, what he called it, the punt and pin yeah. uh, situation. So he was a little conservative there. But if you have a stud defense, I, I'm a big believer in doing that. You know, that it's a field position game. Uh, but I, again, you, you can't. I can't evaluate him completely yet, and that has to do with the lack of talent. It's the same thing with Allen Williams and Luke Getze. You can't give a full grade on these guys because they really haven't had a chance to show kind of what really what kind of coach they are yet. Yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, Peter Skaronsky, the uh, the Northwestern left tackle, went to Maine South. So I believe he's a Park Ridge guy. So the local guy made good. Uh, definitely when you start talking about the Bears, you, you, you love those stories. Sure. I mean, people really love that idea. It would be um, it, it would be a, a, a good uh, a draft pick from a lot of different reasons, not the least of which is you know, building from the inside to the outside, as you say, Patrick. And, and, you know, again, that would be more of a guy if you were trading down a little bit. You're not going to take that guy in the first uh, two or three picks. But if you could – if somebody wanted to go up and get a quarterback or if you decided to try to move down, that's kind of uh, what that would be. Let's get to John. John is in parts unknown. Hey, John. Oh, we lost John. He was going to say something nasty about Justin Fields. So maybe it's just as good. Let's try Nick. Nick's in Chicago. Uh, we are wasting our time with the McCaskies. Decades of losing. We need a second team, and I hopefully they'll move to Arlington Heights and we could get a second team and teach them a lesson because they they just hire yes men like Poles, and I don't see I don't feel confident in Poles. He's just a yes man that they found. And I don't think he's that good because look at what he's done. Abner, Braxton Jones, Valus Jones. I'm not, I don't have any confidence in this guy. And we're constantly well, losing and it's decades of losing. And it's a shame. I'm praying that they, that they get a second team and they move out of here and we get a better uh, ownership because they, they're, they accept losing just like Northwestern. They hire, they keep a coach that wins one game out of the year. Run, our board of directors of the Bears should be all fired, gone, done. I love okay. the passion. I love the. I do. Yeah. I do want to run this exercise real quick. If there was a second team to come to Chicago, how many Bears fans after this troubling decade we've had would jump ship and go to that next team? A lot. Well, yeah. I, I mean, 
here's the thing. And just for your edification, I'm not I'm not trying to be smarter than you or anything, but the fact is that the Bears as, you know, charter members of the National Football League, as a member of the National Football League, can reject any uh, ownership uh, moving into the Chicago area. They would control the market even from Arlington Heights. So you would have to get the approval of the Bears to bring in a second team if you wanted to go try to get an AFC team. That has been talked about at different points, not seriously, but they would not. They would reject that. They control the Chicago market, and the league would not force a team upon them or put a team in. So it could not happen. Gotcha. Let, let's just start from that point. I, I was um, just kind of getting to the point of how frustrated the Bears fans th- are. That's, that's think, you know, how many people yeah. really would jump I me, and I know it can't happen, but if it did. I, if, it, you know, it, I know you know that. How many people that, would I, jump ship? I mean, I just but I just wanted to clarify yeah, that. Yeah. I, and I got to tell you, I am surprised this season by the fact that – the majority of Bear fans that I have talked to, that we have talked to in the post game, that I have talked to during the week uh, on the on the morning show, that that people in my own life, that that you know, I grew up here and I know tons of Bear fans. Everybody is on board with losing this year to get the picks to start the rebuild. It's like everybody believes that Theo Epstein is running the Bears and he's going to put together a World Series team and. I don't doubt that the Bears could win the World Series because I think Justin Fields was a shortstop. But I would be really questioning whether they could win a a Super Bowl with that strategy. We haven't seen that really happen. Uh, We talked about the idea that Dave Wanstead was there uh, in Dallas. That was the most unusual situation of all because they came out of the college game. They came into the NFL. they They made a huge trade to get a lot of draft picks. And they had recruited every player in the country. That Miami program was the top program in the country. They had gone after every guy. They knew what they were like in high school, and they watched their college careers. They knew who wanted to play football, who loved the game. They had all sorts of insights that no college scouting program uh, in an NFL team will ever have again. They had so many guys that had recruited these kids, and they knew where the talent was, and they coached some of it, and they knew the guys that got away from them. And I'm telling you, that was a very unique situation. So it's great to look at that. But I don't personally believe that that's the way you build in the NFL, that that losing helps you win. I just don't – I think draft picks help you win if you make the right draft pick. And I've always believed that you can find a player in any part of the draft if you are good enough at finding players. And that's the trick. It's not having really high picks because we've seen plenty of them. I believe Mitchell Trubisky was the second overall pick. Mm -hmm. The Bears currently hold the second overall pick. How did that work out for you? So I I just think that – I think that it's a lot easier – to look at this thing from the outside. But I've been surprised all along how many Bear fans are on board with losing, losing, losing. Yeah, and I understand it. You want that pick, and you're hoping your your fingers are crossed. You're hoping that you get the right player, the generational player that can come in and help right this ship. But I understand the losing, like I said, getting there. But the one thing that really frustrates me today, and I've been thinking about it now the show's going on, while we were saying a moral victory and all that kind of stuff, there was no, obviously, anything close to a moral victory today. I didn't see any growth from anybody. Nope. The last couple of weeks, we were talking about Kyler Gordon was struggling a few, uh, few weeks before, and now he's got a couple interceptions. You saw growth there. You just didn't see any growth of these young guys, and this is where you want to see them become that better NFL player, kind of get rid of that you know rookie dust or whatever it is, and become a become a uh, the star that you want them to be. And we just didn't see any of that growth today for me, and that's 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 what's really disappointing about this today. Uh, you know, Jaquan Brisker didn't have a great day. No. 
I saw him last get two weeks. beat a couple last two times. Weeks, he's, had, a couple. He's, he's, had a, he's been struggling. I'm just, and that's maybe that's rookie wall stuff. Yes, I don't know, but th- the fact of the matter is that uh, there's not a lot to hang your hat on on a day like this. But it's fun to talk about the future. It's fun to speculate on how upset fans are and how the Bears are losing fans. I, I think they'll lose fans in two years if they don't win. I, I think everyone's given them this honeymoon period for whatever reason, uh, and I think it's probably Theo's influence. That's a, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I, I'm glad people are. I mean, I've had to do it as well. Obviously, being a former player, you want to win every game. You think you can win every game. But when you step back and you look at it, I, I, I we preach patience all year. It's running a little thin now because you have so many losses in a row and it just hurts. But I think, yeah, it's it's okay to it's okay to be patient with this team. I, I it's just going to be really interesting to see if this complete teardown and rebuild works. And it's all up to Ryan Poles. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Back with your calls on the the post game show and the score. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 